Welcome to episode three of the Riders Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pynchon, and in this episode, we sat down with Riders forward Andy Thompson to allow him to share some of his basketball journey and a few stories from the BBL and his time overseas. As we continue with these podcasts, I think the format and length will change a little bit depending on who we're talking to. And this one, Andy has some great stories from his times at Mersey through his first experiences playing in the US um, to playing in Spain and through to his time at the Eagles playing against the Riders and then decisions to join the Riders um, and the success we've had here since he's arrived. Make sure that if you're listening on iTunes, you leave us a rating and review. You can always tweet your comments at Riders Beeble and we hope you enjoy the episode. Andy, thanks for joining us. Uh, no, thanks for having me. As I was saying just before we started, I want to get into a little bit about your journey. I've mm-hmm. uh, played in a lot of places and probably seen a lot of things and yeah. hopefully got some stories along the way. So uh, if we want to start uh, back in Manchester and how did yeah. it all start? Um, started, um, I picked up basketball pretty late. Uh, I used to just do it after school kind of stuff. Um, I originally started out uh, playing rugby union, and that was my sport. Uh, my dad was very heavily involved in that, so that was kind of the avenue that me and my brother went down. Um, and then it was just an after-school thing. Um, when I was in year seven, I used to go along to, and obviously I was tall at my age, so I was, at year seven I was always playing. I was playing with like the year six and stuff like that, and, and that's where it kind of developed from. And um, and then probably local league down at Reddish Vale. Um, it's where I know some of the refs from, uh, Waltons and Twins and, and stuff like that. Played with them? I uh, played against them and that, never played with them. Um, that's kind of my background from, from that, those days, so Reddish and then... So how did it elaborate into sort of playing a bit more seriously? From... Um, so at the time, obviously Manchester Giants were around at the time. Um, they were playing, playing out at the MEN. Um, and then there was another team called Trafford. So there was two clubs in Manchester at the time. Um, and because Manchester Giants were based at Reddish, I went down for trials for them um, and got in, got involved through that. And it was, I think it was my year, year 11 at high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so under 16s kind of thing, I was involved with that, um, which was my, real, my first taste of proper basketball kind of thing, yeah. the National League anyway. Um, and I had a, the team weren't so successful, but I was one of the, the better guys on the team. Um, and I got poached <laughs> mid-season. We had a we had a big derby game against Trafford, um, and they actually smacked us. It was it was a close game up to to the half time. It was they had a couple of internationals at the time. Alan Metcalf, um, Callum Jones was playing. Harris, one of my friends, was playing. Yeah. So they had a real stacked team. Um, probably the best um, program in the country at the time as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously we had our little team that we were at, and um, we kind of hung with them till half time. It was like a two point game at half time, and then I fouled out with a minute gone in the second, and uh, kind of just it went to pot after that. Um, and yeah, we got blown out by fifty points in the end. Not saying it was me that was <laughs> kind of kept us in it, but I don't know. Um, I did have a good game in the first first half, but this wasn't you know. I was outmatched. I was going up against two six ten guys, and I was the only biggest guy on the team. So, nice. um, so I made that move across to the other. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Joe Forber came up to me after the game and said, "Hey, if you want to learn how to play proper basketball, come across." And I finished that season out with Giants, and um, I actually stopped playing basketball. Yeah. Um, I went to sixth form, and uh, I was supposed to. Giants were in the. It was the time when Giants were kind of coming to an end mm-hmm. and so they scrapped the, the junior program and yep. then they brought it back last minute and they never gave me a call so I just carried on with my rugby and was doing that and um, there was a girl who I actually used to go to school with and she was at, actually at Trafford and she kept saying um, Graham Williams keeps asking if you want to come down so I kept fobbing it off for a couple of months <laughs> and then I went down in the October um, and went down had, a, had one session really enjoyed it Never went back again. So then, so I, I don't know why. I just, I, I just kind of blew off and just carried on with my rugby. And then I gave it another go in the January, um, and went down, and that was it. I kind of stuck it out there, and um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty quick, fast track. So I was there for two sessions, and then I played in my first game for them, and 
I had, I think, a couple of games, and then there was, like, England trials at under-18s. Uh-huh. And they put me forward to that, and kind of, that's just where it kind of snowballed from there. And um, So they made the national team in that year? Yeah, I made the, yeah, the, the under-18s national team in that year. Um, How was that? Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, a big step up for me, you know, just starting out from basketball, really, like, it was my second second year of playing National League, so I was still kind of learning and developing, and I was just a tall bean, <laughs> bean pole, well, I still am, but, um, yeah, and, you know, against guys who were a lot more developed physically and stuff yeah. like that at that age. Um, definitely my, my two friends from Manchester, so Alan, who was like a 6'9 at the time, just, just built like a man, at, you know, full-grown man, and then Harris was 6'10, yeah. just, as, just as big. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a big step up for me, but it's something I really enjoyed. It was a challenge that I didn't want to kind of turn down, so I kind of went with that. Um, so how did that then sort of influence things sort of further into you know, that final year of sixth form sort of high school for mm-hmm. American terms um, to then you know, pursuing the US? Yeah, there? so obviously it was my first year at college. Um, I finished that season and then it was like, do you want to go to the States or not? And I was like, yeah, you know, I really want to go go to the States. And then um, the guys, because Harrison Allen were a year below me, mm-hmm. I was a year above them, so obviously I was a little bit behind the things and we had discussions at the club and stuff like that and they thought that I wasn't quite ready to go to the States. Mm-hmm. So um, that year I was playing for Jeff um, for National uh, Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, they, they wanted to see, they wanted to develop us all as players. So it was me, Callum, Alan, Harris, um, Andrew Lovedale, who went to play to Davidson. Um, who else? I think there was a couple of other juniors, but then we were mixed in with um, the likes of Stephen Gale, Wayne Mulgrave, um, Sergio, was, ended up being the coach. Talented youngsters. Yeah, so, so we had... That year, it was all juniors and a couple of senior guys kind of mixed in yeah. to, you know, kind of help us kind of blend together. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was basically, you get chucked in at the deep end <laughs> and, um, you know, you better you better start swimming kind of thing. So that was a, a giant lear- learning curve for me. Obviously, there was ups and downs, but we actually, fin- we made the playoffs um, that year. Um, by the end of the year, I was starting, I was doing well, um, and we made it to the semi-final of the playoffs uh, against Teesside. They were loaded that year, uh, Ralph Bucci and yeah. all those lot. And uh, yeah, we kind of got screwed out of it in the semi-final. Um, some dodgy refing decisions, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was my first taste of you know men's basketball kind of thing, and yeah, it was it was it was great. Um, yeah, so end of that year, I had another conversation with Graham Williams and, and Jeff and stuff like that, and they were like, what what year? Graham actually admitted to me, he said, um, at the, the beginning of the year, I didn't think you were ready, but by the end of the year, um, you, sh- you, know, you should have probably gone to the States and you'd probably grown over that, you know, that period. But, you know, that was a missed opportunity for me, um, especially to go to high school for one year or, yeah. you know, prep school. So, um, so then it was an option of, like, what do you want to do? Um, do you want to go to the States? I was talking to Sergio and he was putting me in contact with teams in, in Spain to kind of go through that kind of route and grow up that, nice. and that kind of thing. So, so quite, a, quite a good network already. Yeah, I was kind of putting myself out there to see what was available. Um, at the time, um, Alan was getting recruited by Granada and the ACB team at the time. And so, the, you know, things were opening up to like, US wasn't the only kind of path to go down. Um, so I was looking at both, and then um, just by chance, um, Davidson came over to look at uh, my friend Harris mm-hmm. to play, and he had to put a game together, um, just a scrimmage of guys to, you know, so they could see him play. Um, played really well, shot the ball really well. Um, so he got in contact, he went back, never said anything to me, um, and then went back to the States, spoke to my coach at Catawba, where I ended up going, he said, you know, I've got um, an English guy, 6'9", shoot and do a little bit of this, that. And um, he basically, I got a phone call a couple of couple of days later, offering a full scholarship. Nice. So I was, I was in two minds, you know, I was, I was thinking of, you know, the Spain thing with Sergio and that, and then 
this kind of came out of left field and I was like, I hadn't really put myself out there or anything like that. So um, I don't know what could have happened if I, if I had, but I got offered a full ride to go Division 2. So I was like, yeah, let's just do it. And kind of went from there. And that year I was actually, the year I was playing with Magic, I was actually working as well, kind of saving up money. Okay. I was a cleaner at a hospital. <laughs> All right. So it was, yeah, so I was, you know, working during the day and then, and then practicing the, the evening and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was kind of that whole year kind of just saving up money to go to the States. And um, So how was that? Obviously, first time, I assume, away from home and mm-hmm. long way from home, very different style of basketball again. Yeah, yeah. Um, First time I've been away from without family. Uh, I've been like trips and like with rugby and stuff like that. But mum was all emotional at the airport leaving. <laughs> I was a bit sceptical, but you know you kind of put a brave face on and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing it kind of thing. And and I flew over to uh, Newark, and it was the year that they had the blackout oh, power wow. cut, and so I was sat in sat in departure lounge. And the, flat, the lights are going and stuff like that, and you can, they were having power surges at the time. And um, I was the last flight to fly out from from Newark before they had the blackout for like oh, wow. four or five days. Good first uh, experience. Good first experience, yeah. So obviously I'm just sat there, I'm just like, oh my god. Fly down to um, fly down to Charlotte, and I'm about to land, and they've got an electrical storm just circulate just over Charlotte, so we can't land. So we're actually flying around this storm. You can see the, you know, the lightning storm going off. So we have to fly back up to Greensboro, land, sit, wait for the, the storm to pass, and then we can fly back down. So by the time I was supposed to arrive about five o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't get in until about midnight. Right. So over, everywhere's black. Um, obviously, I can't get hold of anyone. I've not got anyone's numbers and stuff like that. So I'm just hoping someone's there to pick me up. And then I get picked up by um, the assistant coach, um, which, you know, small guy, small fat guy, you know, glasses on, and he's, he stood there, he, you know, says, you know, come, come with me. So I'm like, I'm following this guy. And then we're just driving for hours, it seems. Uh, and then we drive into some estate, and he drops me off at coach's house. And I have like a two minute like, introduction to the coach. And he's like, you know, how was the trip? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Great. Okay, off you go. So another like hour drive up the up the road to, to college, and um, we had to call a couple of people because I was there before like the freshmen mm-hmm. kind of started, and um, so we had to get like an RA to come and open up the building and put me in, and basically got showed to the to my room. I was given like a duvet and stuff like that. Well, it wasn't a duvet; it was a sheet. <laughs> it was a couple of sheets and a pillow. And chucked in this room, and it was just like I sat there. I was just like, "Oh my god!" It was like a prison cell. (laughs) The AC was just blasting on, so it was freezing cold. I didn't sleep a wink that night because it was just like ice cold in there. I didn't know how to turn it off. That's how young, like you know, there's things I had to learn, you know, and that was a a big learning curve. Just kind of growing up and and kind of finding your own way and stuff like that. So that was my first experience in the states, and and kind of my freshman year was 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 tough. Um, kind of adapting to that kind of style, like physical, mm-hmm. very quick, um, very athletic guys. Um, especially, you know, you're coming from the UK where you're in one of the better pro- one of the best programs, and and you actually, you know, you're streaks ahead of other guys, and yeah. then you kind of just thrown in the, the, you know, this massive pond, and just you're like, you know, guys just leaping all over the place. I must have got dunked on so many times my freshman year. <laughs> Um, but I kind of learned that that was the last time I was going to get dunked on. Um, you know, it's a learning curve, but it was a great, it was a great experience. Um, Do you think people still sort of underestimate that now going over? You see guys go over and you know, yeah. not, not play much in their first year yeah, and yeah. struggle with that. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, it's just finding the right school mm. for, for your development. Um, I think Division 2 was good for me. Um, I think I could have gone Division 1, but Division 2 was good. Um, because I, I, got, I got to play all the time. Um, and my friend, uh, Alan, who went to Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. massive school, massive programme. Um, and the development stage, like, 
he developed a lot. He was he developed him just to be a banger inside. Yeah. So he kind of went away from to be what, a really specific role. Yeah. So. Instead of he, you know, he could have done a lot. He could move. He could dribble. He could jump. He could shoot. And then because he was that, he was he couldn't guard the threes that mm-hmm. he wanted him to guard. Then they were like, right, we're just gonna just put as much weight on him as possible, Very and you're gonna fill the middle. And, and basically, when I came back in the summer, and he came back in the summer. Um, like it was night and day with the, the development that I had because I was constantly playing and stuff like that whereas he was on the bench and playing spare minutes and stuff like that so yeah. it's just finding the right programme and not going to the yeah it's nice to go to a big school and stuff like that and have that kind of um, that stature with it but if it's you know you can be lost you know what I mean there is a lot of good guys out there and yeah, yeah. you can just you know if you don't take that opportunity straight away and you don't um, force your way into that team then you can be kind of just pushed down the bench and four years wasted really you're not really played that much you just you know practiced so yeah it's just I, I believe like just getting the right situation like you know some, some guys you know go to the biggest school if, if that's what you really want but you know you're going to have to really bust your ass and to try and get in there you know because yeah. each, each recruiting class guys are coming in there for your spot and I was just lucky at my school like um, that I've got an opportunity. Nice. So then, obviously, developing through college. Um, mm-hmm. so at what point was it? Was it always an aspiration to go and play professionally? Was it something that developed through that time? Uh, something developed over. Well, obviously, you always have that aspiration. I work on playing the NBA. Yeah. Came to realise that <laughs> very very quickly that you know I was nowhere going to get near the NBA, um, and. I was luckily on, on my team at college, there was quite a few Europeans. So okay. there was me, obviously from the UK, then I had an Icelandic, well, my first freshman year, I had a German roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had an Icelandic teammate and a Lithuanian teammate. Nice. So we, you know, we always hung out together and stuff like that. And obviously we mingled with the rest of the team and stuff like that. And, mm. um, but just from being around them and stuff like that, we kind of, knew that we all wanted to go into professional basketball afterwards so um, especially and you don't really look at it in like your, your freshman and your, your sophomore year your junior year um, more your senior year you're thinking of you know where can I go and, and stuff like that so um, yeah my senior year I really I didn't really like pay attention I just wanted to get good you know good numbers and stuff like that you know well, solid numbers and show that you can play a part of the team and stuff like that it's not about being an individual like it's nice to have those kind of stats, but I think what coaches are looking for is like, can you fit in a system like yeah. a specific role? Can quickly, you do, yeah, can fast. you do something that he needs and stuff like that? So it was, it was trying to, you know, really focus, kind of be solid across the board, consistent across the board, um, but then try and do something that you know excel at something. So, so then after college, what was what was the next step for you? Uh, after college, um, I had a, I got an agent, um, and that's the thing. Like, you, when you're coming out of college, you don't know anything, and <laughs> like agents talk so much like drivel to you, and just they kind of just blow you up so much, and you're just like, right, okay, I'm just waiting. For, so I'll, you sign with the first the first person, so you're like, right, okay, and then you know you, you get emails, and you're like, there's nothing. There's nothing. Oh, teams are interested. Like, they just send out generic emails saying, yeah, teams are interested, blah, 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 just waiting. And then nothing comes of it. So um, so then I got in contact with Jeff Jones mm-hmm. and um, I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, because I went over to the States and I only did three years and never did my four. Uh, and that was just because out of, out, of out of me wanting to play straight away, um, because some of my grades didn't transfer over um, from high school, um, I wasn't going to be eligible to play my freshman year. Yeah. But because I'd done two years of college in England, mm-hmm. it was like a little loophole that you could find of filing, yeah, fi- filing as a transfer student. Okay. So in the NCAA, you got five. You can have five years mm-hmm. to to kind year of graduate. Race and then yeah, and. Because I filed as a transfer student, I took two of my five years away. Okay. So that was the way for me to kind of play, play straight away. away. Um, in hindsight, well, I don't regret anything I've done because, yeah. you know, where I've ended up. But, you know, thinking back at the time, 
you know, probably a, a, a good, patience. a little bit more patience, yeah, and then, you know, a, a year of lifting and stuff like that and mm. kind of getting yourself ready to step up. Plus, there's an extra year of school where, you know, if you can really go heavy in the first couple of years, you can go light in, the, in your last couple of years yeah. and kind of just, just spread it out a little bit. Um, I was someone in an and do a carry-on with it, and Jeff was like, well, you can come back to Manchester and go and get you in Manchester Met and stuff like that so I was like right okay and you'll only have to do you know potentially you only have to do a year and stuff so I was like right okay so came back and um, went and had conversations with the uni and stuff and uh, they were like yeah you're going to have to do two two years to finish your degree yeah. because in the States they want you to have like a broad yeah, like, range of education specifics. and not specifically like yeah. well I know you're doing physical education but you've only done you know, X, Y, and Z on, mm-hmm. on the curriculum that we do. Um, and all that of other education that you've done is kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to do, you know, you, yeah, you can no. do, do two out of the three. That transfer process, again, is not always... Yeah, easy. so kind of, I was a bit put out by that. So then they put me on a course of sports development and I was travelling from Manchester City Centre all the way out to Crewe. Mm-hmm campus like two three times a week and basically it got to I think it was January and I'd had enough I wasn't enjoying the course um, obviously coursework and stuff like that and you in groups and stuff like that if I was on my own I could just crack on with that but yeah. it's like you're having travels for the short meetings and stuff like that and it was it was getting too much. So then the, um, the, the decision was then, okay, all in on basketball. Yeah, at so that at that time, I was like, right, I'm all in with basketball. And we had a, you know, we had a good year that year um, at Magic. And we won the Cup, National Cup, and then we won the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost. Yeah, and it was just great, great experience. I was playing with, um, who was there then? Um, it'd be Matt Hogarth. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Gale was still there. Um, we had a good team mm-hmm. um, young we had a couple of Americans um, I roomed with a Canadian guy uh, Andrew McKay so I roomed with him across the right across the road from um, the Amici Centre they got, had a house around the corner and a flat across the road so we had a team you know a young team um, and yeah we just had a great year a really that, good year that year gave you some stability again and I guess the next step then was Spain, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, there was a, a girl on the, uh, on the on the women's team from Spain, and um, she said, uh, "I've got an agent if you want to speak to him." So I right, right, yeah, go on then. So got in contact with this guy, and um, he got me over to uh, Hihon my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, signed with a Leb Silver team, um, and then I was playing on their development team, which was in Ebba. So mm-hmm. I'd just fluctuate between the two. So I'd practice with um, the lab team the lab team twice a day. And then I'd go to my team practice in the evening. So I had like three practices a day. Um, just absolutely killed me. And then that was like, that was a wake up call as well. And that was like another step up. Um, and it was great for me, like development wise. Um, just get absolutely hammered in the Leb Silver team because mm-hmm. at the time that at that time it was, oh, it's you know it's still a good league, but at that time the money was, was money great. There, there was a lot more money yeah. there. Um, yeah, there was legit money in that time, and and they could bring in top talent as well. Mm-hmm. So I learnt a lot that year. Um, really helped me, you know, grow up as well. Yeah. Kind of playing step overseas. Again, playing overseas. And how was that? A different language? Is it? Well, it wasn't too bad my first year. Um, there was, there was about six guys on the on the Leb Silver team that English was basically a dominant language for them. Okay, the coach from, coaching English then. The head coach could speak a little bit of English, but he wasn't confident. The assistant coach was like kind of fluent in English. Okay, um, so like, he translated, but we kind of like the English guy, like the English speaking guys, outnumbered the Spanish guys. Okay. Um, so my first year was good. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, met some, you know great people along the way um, made some really good friends uh, and basketball really developed mm-hmm. really helped me with you know playing with them and playing in my team um, and it helped me you know progress you know scoring wise and that was the thing I've always been a role player on a team mm-hmm. um, when I went to, to Spain 
you're kind of looked on because you're the import. You're now the import. You, you have to score and do that kind of stuff. So, you know, that helped me learn that kind of side of things um, yeah. and kind of push on from there, and which we finished just outside of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we were a very young team at the time. Um, but it was, it was a great experience for me, something that, I, you know, I really look back on fond memories. I was, I was, I was on the coast. Had a nice apartment to myself, um, and I got I got good friends with one of the Americans on the on the Leb goal team on the Lepsover team, and he used to lend me his car and you know and stuff like that. So became good friends. The, with him. the lifestyle bit was there. The lifestyle bit was there, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that was just a great experience. And then just for me doing so well in that league, um, the next year I was like, I told my agent, I was like, yeah, I want to do it again. Yeah, uh, find me somewhere. But that first year, I didn't get my last, I didn't get paid for the last three months. Okay. So because the team had kind of, they kind of gone all in on on the Leb- silver team to get mm-hmm. promoted to Leb Gold, so they kind of overspent, and it was coming to March, April, May, and the money was drying up. So how were those? Was that a conversation? Were they open with it, or was it? Yeah. So it was. It kind of was. Because obviously I'm I'm not part of the Leb Silver team, mm-hmm. but I'm still down. contracted to yep. them. I'm contracted to that club, and obviously my money's tiny. <laughs> I'm only on eight hundred euros a month, and then these guys are on like five thousand and stuff like that. So obviously their money's like all coming first, and I'm just, you know, food was paid for for me. I was about yeah, that deal at restaurant. Income. Yeah, there was all restaurants available for like you know. Dinner, like, but like the only thing I bought was breakfast, but lunch and dinner was yeah. was already paid for and stuff like that. So, um, I didn't have a problem like surviving kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just my disposable cash kind of gone. Um, but that year I was just saving because I wasn't spending on anything. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I had, you know, so you stuck it out. Yeah, stuck it out. Finished. Yeah, yeah. Finish I was just year. like, yeah, um, you know, stick it out. My agent was like, don't worry, the the, the federation will pay you your salary. Mm-hmm. This this problem will all get sorted in the end. Um, so I was like, right, okay, I'm not I'm not too worried. Left there, got a job, got a an offer in Almeria, the south <laughs> south of Spain near Malaga. Went down there, and then that was that was one of my best experiences. For basketball wise and the lifestyle and stuff like that, it was great. Um, Some nice weather down there. <laughs> yeah, the driest part of Europe, um, <laughs> just on the back of a of a desert. The desert, like I looked out into the Sierra Desert behind me. Um, great, it's where they filmed all the the westerns and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, right on the beach, and then you can look out and you got the mountains behind you, and uh, yeah, just an amazing experience down there. Um, again, you kind of focal point. Um, for scoring and stuff like that, um, which I enjoyed again. Um, so, what? How did you go from from playing there to being to coming back to England? Ended that year. That was a successful year. I tell you a story actually. So this, so I went from being in a, an English speaking like group of guys mm-hmm. to being the only guy on the team who could speak English. The coach couldn't speak a lick of English, and there was one game. Um, Against playing, I think, I think it was top of the table at their place, and um, something happens. We're we're up, we go down. I make a mistake, and and the coach is going off at me. So like under my breath, I tell him to like f off. Um, so then the next opportunity subs me out, and at the time I think we were up, we were up by like five or six points mm-hmm. playing against top of the t- top of the league team. And he's like shouting at me in Spanish. So I just go and sit me. I sit at the end of the bench and I'm sat there crossed arms. They go down, score, 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 and then we're down like four. So then he goes, he goes, calls me back. He's like, get back in there. Um, got back in there. We ended up winning the game, which was good. Um, but obviously he wasn't happy with my yeah. attitude. Obviously I was one of the leading guys on the team, so they were looking up to me. You know, I had a lot of young guys on the team. Um, so we ended up having a meeting and because I couldn't speak Spanish he couldn't speak English we ended up having a conversation on Google Translate on the laptop so he'd type it in explaining like well I, t- I typed in my frustration at the beginning 
then he'd type in and I'd read it and I'd go, oh, okay, and then type back. So we had a, we had a, meet, like, we had a meeting via Google, via Google Translate on a laptop. Um, by the end of it, we, you know, I apologised. I was out of order. I shouldn't have ever said anything. Uh, but it was just that just frustration at the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, we kind of kind of moved on from there and it was, it was a great experience. But, yeah, I really enjoyed Almeria. Um, and the reason I left was... I had two friends come over, so James Jones, mm-hmm. he came over, and Dave Siddle, both guys I used to play with at Manchester and we grew up together. Um, so they came over and stayed with me for a week at the end of my, end of my season. And um, he'd just finished playing first year in Mersey, mm-hmm. uh, well, at Everton time, at Everton Tigers at the time. Um, and then, yeah, he just started talking to me, saying, you know, you want to come back and stuff like that. And at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't really, wasn't really thinking about it. And and once I got back home, he kind of put a bit more pressure on me. He was like, yeah, come across, you know, we've got, he's driving around in a Mercedes and all this. And it's like, yeah, Everton, Everton at that time had Everton, a lot of money. Yeah, Everton at that time had a lot of money. They were they were kind of backed by the their community program. So the football had their community foundation. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was um, Gary Townsend, uh, so he was in charge of the community side of things, and he wanted to start a community basketball. He kind of put, pumped a lot of money into the basketball kind of side of things, yeah. and so that you know they had um, Tony was there as a coach, um, Aldo Babalola was there. But yeah. yeah, I think they had a good year. They had, they wanted they won a cup that year. Mm-hmm. James was there. And then he was like, yeah, you want to come across, you know, it's, you know, it's this, this, you know, he's driving around in Mercedes, you know, we've got house, we've got blah, blah, blah. And it's, I'm like, oh, okay. Strong recruiting pitch. Yeah, strong recruiting pitch. Um, Tony didn't really know much about me, I don't think. Um, and it was, he, Tony had a, a Spanish, like, assistant coach, mm-hmm. um, Diego. And so James brought me over to Liverpool and he kind of worked me out. Um, and in this gym that we were in, there were like nine and a half foot nets. So <laughs> it was doing, we were doing all these drills and I was dunking and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you're feeling good. So Diego was pretty impressed, told Tony. Um, and then, yeah, so I ended up signing with Mersey. And I was humming and ahhing because I had a, an offer in Spain at the time over in Cadiz. And I was like, do I want to go there? And then it was kind of like, it was a little bit of a pay cut. Well, it was a pay, a pay cut to come back to, to Everton. Yeah. But I was just like, you know, I've always wanted to play in the BBL. Mm-hmm. And this is my opportunity. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I took the pay cut, came back to the BBL. And so I took, took the initial pay cut. And then we're about to start the season and get called in before, I think it was like a practice game or something. And uh, yeah, we're like, yeah, um, we're gonna have to lower your salary. Everyone's gonna have to take a. So I just instantly look at Jimmy. I'm like, like you screwed me out of like a shitload of cash. Here. Well, not even shitload of cash, but at the time for me it was a lot of money. So I was like, right, okay. So it was like, yeah, you know, you can leave or you can take the twenty five percent pay cut. So I was like, right, okay, I'll stick it out. So stuck it out, ended up um, taking the pay cut. And the reason we ended up taking the pay cut was because this, uh, Gary Townsend had, who was in charge of the community side of things at Everton, um, he'd gone to Notts County. They had a little, quite a bit of money pumped into him at the time, or what they thought was quite a bit of money. So he'd, he'd left and gone to sell their community kind of thing at, at Notts County. That change of staff, change, change, of, yeah. and change because, of priorities. Yeah, and because that was his little project, the basketball was his project, obviously Everton kind of were a bit put out by it and said, um, you know, that's going to have to be scrapped. Mm-hmm. But because um, Henry Mooney was involved, he's a big name in Liverpool, has a lot of um, cachet with Everton because he's been with them doing their community kind of football and just in general, um, is you know for basketball like he is Mr Liverpool because um, he was still involved in the club and he said they out of good faith they were like well we'll see down this year mm-hmm. uh, you can keep the cars so we all had like say at the beaters and stuff like that you can keep your cars. 
Um, and you can keep the the Everton name. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. Um, so we all took a pay cut. We were playing out of Green Bank. And um, yeah, it was it was an interesting year. Um, played with Flo, mm-hmm. who played Leicester. Um, he was there for the beginning of the year. And then he left like, mid-season. I think he went to France in the end. Um, had uh, Trey Moore from Newcastle. He, he, yeah. he was supposed to come in, I think it was like the October, November. He didn't turn up till February. Visa issues or whatever. So we had Olu, um, Jerome Gums, who played at Plymouth, uh, Chris Haslam, who played around the BBL a bit, um, England International and stuff, me, uh, James Jones. Um, who so that, was, that was sort of first taste of BBL for you? First taste of BBL. Um, and yeah, it was, it was yeah, really, you know, it was a good experience. Really enjoyed uh, playing for Tony. Yeah. Really got along with him, liked his style of play, um, and yeah, just just really enjoyed that year. Um, the team had we, a crazy transition at that. Yeah, we well, uh, yeah, it was like we we put together a good team, and then injuries and stuff like that, yeah. and we were just kind of like just kind of muddling along, middle middle of the table. We had very good potential. Like at, at that time, like Olu was in his prime, and we kind of like, he carried us a lot. Like he could just take over games and. Just kind of you know give him the ball and he'd just go and guys would just fill in um, and yeah it was just a great experience and obviously got knocked out of the cups and stuff like that and at that time Newcastle were like the top dogs mm-hmm. um, they had Leonard Stewart and, and Charles and stuff like that and Reggie Jackson and Joe Chapman that like they were stacked at that time and um, I remember that that year it was we played in the beginning of the season just got got smacked. But Tony had this game plan. He was like, "This is how we're going to play it." And so we're like, "Right, okay." So then we're going to the next game. We get smacked again. So we're like, "Is this really going to fucking work?" Like you kind of like double, like you really like guessing what coach is doing. You're like, "It's not working." We're getting smacked by twenty <laughs> every single time. And then you're like, and then he's like, "Right, stick at it." And then by that time, we had Trey in there. Flo had left. Guys kind of knew the roles. Adam Williams came mid-season because he left you. He left you guys and come across to us. Um, and yeah, like the back end of the year, we just kind of kind of, kind of hit the, the the ground running. Um, and what didn't help mid mid-season was Bell. He broke his wrist, mm-hmm. so he was out for half the year. And we just started just jumping. Like we just didn't have a good chemistry kind of thing, yeah. and we were just kind of just getting through it. Um, but I come by the end of it. Obviously, we had um, Newcastle in the in the um, playoff semis, um, home and away, and um, Tony was like, "We're sticking with this game plan. We will beat them, guarantee." So I'm like, okay, and we smacked them by twenty at home, and then we went up there and we smacked them by twenty at home at their place. So we got to the playoff final, and then we played Glasgow in the playoff final and. Uh, on that at that time we was we was kind of rolling and we won the playoffs. Nice. Um, yeah, so it was just a from from it, nice a nice way to start my BBL career was with a trophy. Um, and it was just a, a learning curve and and but it was it was really enjoyable and and yeah. And then from there, obviously Everton made the change to Mersey. Yeah, the roster changed to a very British lineup. Yeah, predominantly. And, yeah, um, some big names in that that team in the second year. Obviously, the Everton didn't want to, didn't want to, like to be involved in that, and so Gary Townsend, obviously the Notts County stuff had kind of fallen through, and then he came back and said he wanted to take the basketball off Everton. I think I don't know if he bought it off them or they just gave it him or whatever. Um, so obviously he signed Tony first off, and then um, they changed the name to Mersey because obviously with Everton and Liverpool connotations, like you know that's. Only for Everton fans and, yeah. and Liverpool, so Mersey was kind of kind of bring everyone under one umbrella, so the whole city can support the team uh, instead of just isolating half the city. So the idea was going down because I think I don't know if it was because of the change in I don't know if they made a new club or whatever, but they went down the avenue of just going straight Brits, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was because of visas or stuff like that because. I don't know. But, yeah, so they went down that avenue. So 
Um, Tony ended up signing Drew from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, then he came to uh, me and James Jones um, and kind of told us the plan. Took a, an increase on on the decrease that we had last year. So this is funny. So me and Jimmy like pretty open about things. So they came to Jimmy first, offered James like X amount. Yeah. And then and then they called me, you know, I went and met him at um at a hotel near Manchester Airport and I sit down and explain the whole programme, like what they're trying to do and stuff yeah. like that. And offered me X amount. So I was like, all right, okay, sweet. So I'm calling Jimmy on the way home, like, yeah, we're, um, so we're chatting, like, yeah, I got offered, you know, this. Jim's like, you what? They've offered me, like, he's been there two years, man. Yeah. They offered him less than what they offered me. So I was like, it just, so he got back on the phone with them. So he went, blit, he like, just blitzed them down the phone, like Gary Townsend down the phone. So he ended up getting paid the same as me. So he got bumped up the same as me. Um, but obviously we brought in um, Tafari Tony as well. He played at Sheffield the year before. Perry Lawson, he came from Sheffield. They had a good year that year as well. Um, and then we had Dave Alliou, Um And we had a couple Nate of... Nate played that year. Yeah, so Nate came in a um, couple of months in. Uh, he was around, Tony was talking about him. Um, we had Jamal Williams. He started in Cheshire, he lasted one game. And then... Um, Tony, the thing is, we played Chester the first first um, game of the season, and we had one of the, we had one of our junior guys called Sam Baguki, um real feisty, not feisty, but like cocky at times. Ends up getting in the game, and near, like I think there was a he threw a punch at Jamal or something, or Jamal threw a punch at him, and it kicked off. So obviously, um, so that all got split up or whatever. And then Jamal gets cut after the first game. And then Tony's like, yeah, Jamal Williams from Thingy's cut. Obviously, <laughs> Sam's like cacking his pants because he kind of like swung for him and then everything got like, kind of like, kind of split apart. So nothing ever happened. Tense first practice. Tense first practice, yeah, for Sam. But yeah, Jamal's a great guy. Came in, he was, um, he was solid. We had another guy called Max Casanova, French kid. Um... I don't, I don't think I think that was it and then Nate came in so that was our kind of core of guys um, we were practising out of it was a, it was a weird year because we were practising out of David Lloyd in near the uh, Liverpool airport and they had a, a court and they put in basketball nets for us but one was like we shot the whole year that we won the treble we shot on rims that one was at like eight and a half foot and one was at like nine and a half foot and they, and they moved. And they, the lines, the, the basketball lines were actually so out that if you shot on the three-point line, you'd be, like, way past the NBA point, uh, three-point line. Like, it was the most dysfunctional Tremendous. year, but it was one of the most best times, like, ever, that I've had, like... And ever. that was really the last great year for, for that Mersey club yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. And... We went out on a high. Um, Incredible achievement. I don't know if... Especially like we won the treble with all British team, um, but obviously they kind of overspent to get all the Brits in. Um, yeah. The foundation wasn't there for the club to be sustainable. We were playing in the arena and that was like £10,000 per game. and um, So, yeah, so the club was just hemorrhaging money. It was the, the, the same story with a few BBL clubs at that time when they'd yeah. gone from you know, position yeah. of a lot of money through to, to not so much at that yeah. point and obviously then we've grown I guess from that yeah um, exactly it was, there wasn't any, it was kind of the dream was sold on borrowed money and then obviously you yeah. know sponsors pull out and stuff like that and, which is you know it's not fair but you know it's, it's, that's what kind of that kind of the, happens yeah, on the business side of sport yeah uh, so yeah that was early on we discovered that we weren't our money was coming late and drips and drabs and um, yeah it was Coming up to the first what cup games and stuff like that, we had like player player meetings about do we play the cup game or not because you know money wasn't turning up. And this was in October, or it was late and stuff like that. So that kind of you know we let the ball slip on. We got to the final of the cup 
and um, just got absolutely smacked by uh, Sheffield. Mm. Uh, total wrong game plan. Um, D'Agostino went off and was like just hitting everything, and we were just a step, you know, we were a step slow, and um, yeah, it was just. That galvanised you guys for the rest yeah, of the I year? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Just to yeah, see it out, even yeah, with all the stuff going on in the background? Yeah, definitely. Um, and because we, you know, we, they put the team together to win everything. Yeah. And we just dropped the ball on that. And we just got embarrassed on national, on Sky Sports and stuff like that. And we was just like, oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of like, you know, Drew gave us a big speech afterwards, called guys out. Um, and then after that, we kind of just... Cracked on and just, we just absolutely steamrolled the league. Um, and yeah, took the trophy, took the league, and took the playoffs. And um, at that at that point, we weren't getting paid. So the trophy game in, at the O2 the, on the NBA court mm-hmm. it was the first time we played in the O2. Uh, we hadn't been paid for like a month and a half, and it was basically do we kind of jack this team in? Is that you know guys can leave? I was yeah. I was looking to leave already in the in the February. Yeah. just before the February window and I was actually looking to leave to Newcastle <laughs> uh, but um, it didn't happen Paul Blake said it would look wrong if I went um, and fair enough and so uh, we actually just said you know let's, let's just stick it out to win it for ourselves and you know it'll look good on everyone else's resume that we've won all four or all three um, so yeah so we just cracked on and just, just smacked the league Um Extra motivation there because of that was almost that decision between you guys to keep it rolling. Um, maybe yeah, I think so. Yeah, like we just did it for each other rather than anything. Um, obviously, guys, you know, uh, you know, losing a lot, didn't have money and you know yeah. bills to pay and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was it was interesting that year. But it was it was good. Like you come in and you'd hear a different story each day. Like oh yeah, the money's coming tomorrow, and well no, it's not, and. But we just kind of cracked on and, and stuff like that, and we were living, we we're living way above our means. Like we we're living in, we we're playing in the arena, obviously downtown Liverpool, massive, ten thousand pounds. Then I was living in a penthouse suite with James <laughs> Jones and Ta- uh, Tafari Tony. We were in a penthouse suite. We we're in uh, Robbie Keane's old place when he played at Liverpool. Um, so we were on penthouse suite on the top of the Malmaison. Everyone else had apartments in the Malmaison. So, and then April, we get told because, um, what was it, the Grand National, mm-hmm. we have to move out and they've actually got us uh, apartments in, in, the city, in Liverpool One. Yeah. So we ended up moving out of there into Liverpool One. But that, that year, I'll tell you a good story, that year we had a guy called Chris Gaines come over um, to play for, well, to try out, but it was more like um, Tony did out of a favour for because he knew the agent and his brother Charles Gaines was playing in China. He was earning a fortune. Played a little bit in the NBA and stuff like that. And it was like, can you just get my brother a trial over there, or whatever. So he came over and he was actually kicking on our couch in the penthouse. Um, so one night he goes out. A couple of guys go out. I go home early or whatever, go sleep. James is asleep and um, wake up early, come into the, into the lounge and I've got a massive open plan lounge into a kitchen. Yeah. And um, I walk in and I'm like, it smells like someone's burning candles or something. And I look and I'm like, Chris is just sat on the, on the couch just staring out the window, like just, just not even with it. I'm like, you've been, you've been burning candles or something. And then I turn and I look in the kitchen and it's just black. The guy had burnt the kitchen down. So he'd gone out on a night out, come home, and he had a fascination in making his own chips. Like, the fact you, you walk past about 15 kebab shops on your way home, you wanna make, you wanna cut your own, like peel your own potatoes, cut them up, and then put a chip pan on, and then he goes, he, he claims he went to the toilet and came back and the place was on fire. I think he went and slept, he fell asleep on the couch and next thing he wakes up, and the, the whole ki- kitchen's on fire. Just absolute carnage, man. Like the whole the whole kitchen was just it was just a mess. 
But yeah, that was just one of those crazy, like a guy, you know, just sleeping on our couch ends up burning our kitchen down. So we didn't even get a new kitchen for like a couple of months. Um, but yeah, but then I wouldn't change it for anything. Like, obviously you want your money and stuff like that. And, um, but um, yeah, just a crazy experience, but one that I'll, you know, kind of- Stories for the favorite. rest of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk, to move on um, to, to more, so I guess more BBL. Mm. Specifically, the Eagles. Yeah. So, obviously, but at that point, the BBL is kind of rebuilding, um, growing. The Eagles had been stacked yeah. for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, joining their team, what was what was it like going up there, um, playing for Fab? I guess to start with. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was obviously Mersey was done. There was no way I was going back there, so I was looking abroad, yeah. and then I spoke to my agent who. Um, I'm with now is Mark Considani. I was like, this is the only one place I'll go and play, and that's Newcastle. Mm-hmm. You know, the best team in the league. Seems like they've got the best, you know, everything about them. So I was like, that's the only place I'll go. But I want to see Europe. I want to see if I can go back to Europe. So I just put him to work. And then nothing had really come up. There was a couple of, like, interests here and there. Nothing really, like, come, up, come about. So Newcastle was still there. And they, you know, offered me some, you know, nice, nice, nice wage. So I was like, ah, oh, yeah, let's go. So I signed there, and obviously going into that team at the time, um, they were still good. They'd, they'd taken a, a step back because uh, we we smacked them the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were kind of like rebuilding again. Um, obviously, they still had the Charles was there. Um, Joe Chapman was there, but he was coming back from his Achilles or something like that. So he he was he had something to prove that year, like he could still play. So there, Charles, Fab, Darius, um, Andrew Bridge was there. Then I came in and we had um, Paul Rose, Lightning Quick Guard, uh, and then a couple of other juniors kind of fill in kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it was just a whole different kind of mentality when you got up there. Um, and people say you're very arrogant, yeah. but and they are, and you have to be, because the expectation is you have to win everything. Like you know, yeah. the, their standard is is here. You know what I mean? So it's it's up there, and you know, the, like losing's not an option. So you do kind of get drawn into that kind of mentality. Um, and don't say it takes the fun out of the game. But there's a lot more pressure when you're there, mm. and when you win a trophy, it's more of a, a relief than, that a you've actually, than a celebration. It's like, okay, I've accomplished this, now I've got to crack on. And that year was, you know, there was, a, there was obviously Newcastle hadn't won anything the year before. I'd just come in, Joe was coming back from injury, and um, yeah, and it was like, you know, they want to put the record straight, they want to. They want to start there, run yeah, again. More pressure. More pressure. So it was just, but yeah, we just I kind of fit in straight away, and it was a funny, it was a weird feeling because it, even though I'd only been there a couple of months, like Fab came up to me a couple of months into it, he was like, um, "I love what you're doing, and it feels like you've been here for years. Like you just kind of just kind of fall, you know, falling into place, and you know exactly what we want and and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed it. Like that year was like a great year." Um, Shared run, uh, shared house with um, Paul Gores and stuff like that. And off the court was great. On the court was great. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just the whole environment was really nice to be around. Uh, very family orientated and and kind of looked after you. Um, and yeah, it was just a great experience. Just the mentality up there was completely different. It kind of went up mm. from from what Mersey was and stuff like that. And just expectations of winning. And, yeah. you know, nothing, nothing but the best is expected of you. Um, so then the, the later Eagles years, when riders had started to make a push, and Eagles were the standard for yeah. a number of years in the BBL, mm-hmm. and it was what people were looking at from, from an on-court perspective for the teams they were able to put together year on year. Yeah, it's it was, yeah, remarkable. It was, teams had to basically put a team together that would beat Newcastle. Yeah. That was how it was. 100%. It was like... We've got, to, we've got to construct a team that is going to beat how we can beat them and then a team that can do that. Yeah. And that's how it... And, which is good because it, it brings everyone else up. Mm-hmm. But obviously with that, you know, it's going to cost money and stuff yeah. like that. And what Newcastle had is 
you know, you've got guys turnover every year is very small. Like you've got guys staying there yeah. who they're able built, to hold a core yeah, for a long time. Yeah, having that core is massive. If you mm. lose that core and you, and you start from scratch, you don't have the trust and stuff like that 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 just comes naturally and. You don't, you know, you're, you're always playing catch up. So if you don't have that core, then it's tough to kind of. Yeah. And for us, from a rider's perspective, that was really what, for me, joining the club was a point at where they were building their own core. It was yeah. the young British guys yeah. um, with Connor and then Roe coming in and Jamel and, mm-hmm. and a ton of others. Um, Drew obviously then joining that team. Yeah. So what were, what were the games like, you know, the latter end of the Eagles? From an Eagles perspective, from the Raiders, we saw. You know, are we talking about the year that we so, won everything, or yeah, are we talking about there. the year for you? Like, <laughs> yeah. I started, was there a was there an era in the camp that you know Leicester were on the up and and started? To, was there a rivalry there, or was it the confidence factor of you know we're going to steamroll everyone and? Yeah, so coming towards so. I left Newcastle mm-hmm. after my first year, and then going to France for two years. And in that time, obviously, Leicester kind of... Had started. Had started their kind of little building process. And I was watching the um, the finals from home and stuff like that on TV, uh, from France on TV and stuff, and um, and you building your core and stuff like that. Came to the beginning of the season, it's like, obviously, we, t- we took every game one by one. Like, we never got, got ahead of ourselves, but obviously... Those games with Leicester, you guys had won the treble. I think it was my first year I'd left. Mm-hmm. You won the treble, and then I don't know if you won the year after. We won, we won the cup the year after. Yeah, so you, and you, know, you had success. Mm-hmm. So you were the closest team. Sheffield were always there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they picked up at the end of the year, sometimes they didn't. Worcester had a good year that yeah. year. So it was like Leicester, Worcester were kind of like picking up. Um, Worcester were, were good that my year at Newcastle. They had quite a few Lithuanians in there and they were yeah. a solid team. Um, so they were kind of like making that run as well, that building process. And yeah, so when we came back, it was always those... Leicester and Worcester were always marked on, on, the, on the calendar. But we always took one game at a time. But when you, come, when you came to those games, you knew it was, you know, it was a big game. You were a young team at the time, mm-hmm. so you were like very rah-rah a lot of noise, blah, blah, blah. But then we, we had this, the utmost confidence. We were like, you know, you, you, can't, you can't F with us, yeah. not this year. Like, we had, a, we had a quality team. Even though we were old, you know, we could read each other, what everyone was doing. Um, and that was up. The it's, whole yeah. Newcastle way was just like, we never really ran. We, we had sets and stuff like that, but everything was like read and react. So, mm-hmm. you know, if someone did this, we, we were doing that. And... You just read it off the off the mark, and that's why we were so far ahead of everyone else. And um, we had obviously it was, uh, Fletcher's first year, mm-hmm. and then we had Andre Jones, and that that package at one and two, it's just a one man fast break with Andre, and he could finish and stuff like that. And and then obviously you know he could gamble more and stuff, and he knew he had people behind him backing him up and stuff like that. But that was my first year. I got to play with my brother, so mm-hmm. how was that? To, that was good, really good. Uh, First time since when? Just playing in the summer and stuff like that. So I've never been able to play with my brother, but that was my first year. It was it was another it was I was close to signing with Leicester mm-hmm. when I came back from France. Um I came yeah, down here. Came down and visited, I, I visited you. you showed and, me around. Yeah, you showed me around, you Rob and Russell and you gave me the you know, you gave me the, the sale and all that and I was, you know, I knew nothing about Leicester at the time and and I ended up going to Newcastle. Because um, that's what I knew, and I knew what I was getting myself into and stuff, and and obviously they wanted to bounce back from the year before, and uh, but yeah, and then also my brother was going to be there, uh, which was a massive, massive bonus. So that was just great, just like seeing your brother every day at practice and stuff, and we we used to go and play golf twice a week, like you know we just hang out a lot and stuff, so it was good. Um, so yeah, that was just that was just a, just a really great experience that. You know, I'm glad I did. So then, obviously, making the move from the Eagles to the Riders, yeah. how how was that process? And then, how was it received? And um, I still don't know how it's received. Uh, teammates wise, Drew, uh, Drew and Dee are fine, and and Fab is fine with me now. Um, I think last year, 
obviously when we first saw each other in the in the game yeah that's the thing like Newcastle come across as arrogant and because they just don't they don't say hi to anyone they don't acknowledge anyone locked and, in yeah like they're just locked focus. in and, that, and that's it and you know that's what they're focused on, in on and um, and I only realised that because you kind of get in that mentality yourself but I only realised that when I came when I ended up playing the first time it was at our place and um, they wouldn't even make eye contact with me just straight black me Maybe because it was, I was like, well, maybe it's because I went to Leicester, our arch rivals at the time, um, and blah, blah, blah. But at that time, you know, they, obviously we lost two guys for the league um, at at, at the arena. So, you know, they had a a debt to settle kind of thing. Like, you know, they celebrated and stuff like that in front of of us at the time. Um, So they came in with that mentality of, you know, we've got something to kind of settle here. And obviously they did, they came in and smacked us. Um, and yeah, uh, just, just, um, it's just, it's, I just enjoy playing in these games now. Yeah. I, really, I did Everyone, before and I, did, I even do now, like even more. Um, there's always, I feel like there's a lot, there's now additional levels to it and it's gone on for a few years. Yeah, and because guys, because um, guys keep playing in it, mm. because guys, are staying and, and there's a core group of guys then that kind of builds up and I think you get that in football because guys aren't moving around as much so yeah. when it comes to derby games you know the guys are, are used to playing against each other and obviously they want to win more and stuff like that when you get new guys in they don't really get the the intensity and the mentality of what is needed to get kind of win mm-hmm. um, so I think that's why it's been so good over the last couple of years because obviously Leicester had their core group of guys and obviously Newcastle had theirs mm-hmm. and you know you were a young team at the time and I think you only you were a year away mm-hmm. uh, from I really being, a, being able to kind of get over that kind of hump kind of thing and then obviously Newcastle that year older and and that and, but yeah it's just a just a great experience to play in great, good fun um, so yeah Right, so housing is now here settled in second year with with the riders obviously mm-hmm. a lot of success again last year yeah um you have that that same expectation and and things and the and the pressure on the club this year yeah um obviously great year last year um teams a lot different from last year than it is this year uh, a lot older um but I think you know we were a lot smarter last year than we are this year, but then we were, I think we we're a little bit slower than we were. Mm-hmm. So they kind of balance themselves out, and we still have a group, a core group of guys who kind of know what the club wants, and and, and that's it's it's you know spearheaded by Rob and what he wants, and then we kind of filtered down to Tyler and then and Harrison and Shane, and the guys who have been here longer, um, and it's easy for the new guys to kind of follow follow. Getting kind of getting line and kind of follow that way, um, but yeah, you know the the expectation um, is is there. Um, make no illusions that we have to win. You know, it's you come to a top club, and that's why I came to Leicester is because I wanted another challenge. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I'd won it all with Newcastle, and I wanted another challenge. So come to another team and win, with you know. Yeah, everything if you can, um, and, and that's where it is, and, and the pressure is there, and the expectation. The fans have kind of got used to it now, whereas back in the day they weren't, and they were they were happy with whatever they got. Now it's like because you've had that success in such a short period of time, it's like okay, you're, you're standard here now, and you can't drop. And, yeah, but I think we, you know this year we've got a good team, um, a young team, and we're learning, but we're finding ways to win. Um, and, and that's that's a good trait to have I think it's just no matter what it doesn't matter if you're playing good or bad you just find a way to win and, and kind of grind it out absolutely and for you personally now having played for a number of years in multiple countries mm-hmm. are, you, are you enjoying that role of being one of the more veteran guys older guys yeah I don't know this is the first year it's kind of really dawned on me that I'm well I'm the oldest guy on the team now which is just <laughs> bizarre uh the perk is I get the back row on the on the coach, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird because there's guys on the team who are like 
10 years younger than me, 12 years younger than me. And, and then like, obviously with program, you have some academy guys. Yeah, and you've got academy guys and, and stuff like that. And I'm just like, sometimes I just, I just, nothing against the guys. It's just, I don't have that much in common with them. Like they're yeah, on yeah. different things. Like, and it's, it's, that's just strange to me. And it's really hit me hard this year. I kind of got used to it now, but at the beginning of the year, I was, even like, even though Tyler's not as old as me, he, He's he kind of like old, like before his time. Like he's a good forty-five-year-old man. Like I'm, I'm thirty-three, but he's like forty-five in terms of like, like he's off the court stuff. So, um, so we do talk about that, but um, I enjoy it. Um, but then being the older, you, you're seen as more of a leader. Um, I'm never, a vo- I'm not a vocal person. I kind of just kind of focus on my job and kind of get on with that, and then I try and help along the way. Um, Whereas, you know, sometimes that's not what is needed. But um, we've got enough guys around. And I think guys, are, if, they, if they want help, they'll come and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm enjoying being the elder. I don't want to say, you know, I've still got a few years left in me, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not over the hill Absolutely. by any means. But, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. And, you know, I'm only going to get older and the gap's only going to get bigger. But it's, it's good. Having seen a few things in the BBL and going from that, you know, seeing the Mersey situation where really living outside of their means and mm-hmm. built on sort of house of cards, essentially, you know, the BBL now is making some, some really positive strides. What are your thoughts, I guess, generally around the league, you know, being back on TV now, yeah. playing finals at places like the O2? Mm-hmm. Um, for a player, like, do you see that? Do you feel it getting bigger? Yeah, you definitely, um, you definitely see it now. Uh, we obviously, the club's getting their own arenas and stuff like that. Obviously, Newcastle's happening. I think Sheffield's getting one too. Bristol uh, on its way too. Bristol as well. And then Worcester's got theirs with... Um, Worcester's got theirs with Uni. And then, obviously, London have moved into the Copper Box. And then Manchester getting a new one. And Cheshire's new facilities. So, yeah, for the time that the league started, where guys were just like, you know, you were playing in leisure centres and stuff like that. Mm. And you never really had a, a proper home. Um, now you know it is moving in the right direction. Obviously, the money is not where you want it to be. Like if you compare it to other leagues um, around Europe, um, you know we get paid a fraction of mm-hmm. what some, the, other big, big some of the big big leagues do. Sure. But even even the you know the not so big leagues, they yeah. still get paid absolutely a mint, yeah. and we you know we get paid a fraction of it. But you know it's nothing like playing at home and stuff like that in front of your fam- friends and family and that. So. Uh, but the league, yeah, it's a lot more. I think it's a lot more solid now. Um, it's good to be back on on TV more regularly. Obviously, you 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 know, being played on. When I was growing up, it was played on Sky, like live games. Like used to watch Rob play and stuff like that. Like that's how, you know, crazy it is. And now I'm playing for him. And but um, yeah, it's just you know being back on TV and. You know, slowly it's gonna kind of get, it's gonna snowball, and then I think it will take off. But it's just so tough to play, you know, against the football and and the rugby likes mm-hmm. and stuff. And as a child, you're, you're aspiring to be in that league, and you you wanted to play in the BBL. Do you think yeah. that TV coverage and the exposure is gonna help that? You know, next yeah, generation? definitely. Yeah, because you know, being at home and watching basketball on TV. Uh, especially when you're younger, you like, you know, and you could do that in, in this country. Like, you, you definitely want to kind of live up to that expectation and be able to do that. Uh, and you know, the more and more it's on, like with the BBC and the Freeview and stuff like that, it, Free Sport, and that, I think it's great. Um, I've really enjoyed it so far, and still a couple more trophies there for me to win. Well, we hope so. Right, we'll, we'll leave it there. Good luck with the rest of the season, and you know, we'll obviously be following and hopefully. Chase that silverware. Yeah, sounds good.